When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From beautiful Burbank, California, this is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack for a very wonderful special edition of the Knapsack File. And today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash the Knapsack Files. That's right. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are here at a wonderful intersection, Burbank, California. And I haven't done an interview in a while. I haven't sat down and got deep and asked some probing questions about life, the universe, and everything. And now we get a chance to do it with a, a good friend of mine who has uh, uh, worked in this business for the last couple of years. We had a chance to work together at Screen Junkies, but he is a multi-talented man with, uh, I'm sure we're going to learn, a wonderful, interesting story. It is Adam Halavik. Wow. That was a very warm <laughs> intro. A lot of words. <laughs> that just made me sweat so hard. A lot of words there. <laughs> you nailed that. You're, Thank you're, you, uh, sir. you're something special. Oh, no, you are, sir. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start here yeah. with your name. Mm-hmm. I want this on record. Okay. I've known you now for a few years, but the first time I saw you, met you, got mm-hmm. to get familiar with your beautiful face was Schmoes Now over at uh, the Afterbus Studios yeah. when you came by. So I was the announcer. Mm-hmm. Live from Burbank or whatever, you know, doing that bullshit. <laughs> um, That's my favorite so bit. Come on. I always ask because I was a stand-up comedy host for a long time too. So I'd be like, hey, what do you want? What's your name? What's your intro? Right? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, H-L-A-V-A-C. Mm-hmm. I'm Napsock. That P and Z confuse a lot of people. Sure. But relatively easy. So, all right, I look at it. I figure the H, we're not talking to like H. Lavic. <laughs> so I'm like asking. So I say Halavic. Yeah. And I think you're saying I'm, I'm with them like 90% accurate. You're like 99.9% accurate. Like Mark Ellis can never get it. Mark Ellis, I love him, but what a dumpster. <laughs> he can never get it right. Halvik, Halavak. I'm like, come on, Mark. You've known me for like four years now. <laughs> So How hard is it? I want to hear, and I'm going to cut this out later, and I'm going to make it my ringtone. Perfect. For everybody, not just when you text me, <laughs> everybody. How do you say it? Well, so context. Yes. Uh, the name comes from the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. My family came here in the, in the early 80s. Right. In the proper way it's supposed to be pronounced because of the accents on, right. the, on some of the letters, it's Hlavach. Hlavach. Yeah. Gotcha. So, but when my grandparents came here, they never added the H after mm-hmm. the C, so it became Hlavik. Hlavik. And I think that's what confuses people, is it's V-A-C, yeah. but it sounds like Vic, V-I-C, or V-I-K. Yeah. And then the H-L throws people for a loop. They're like, how, yeah. how do I, how do I, hala, hala, <laughs> like, Hlavik. Hlavik. Yeah. Hlav- so I say Hlavik. I mean, that's close enough. So Hlavik. Yeah. You, pr- Hlavik. Yeah. All right. See? <laughs> I'm going to end this interview. The interview's done. Hey, I had a great I, time. Thanks uh, yeah, for the beer time, and thanks for the time. water. Halavik. 
Halavik, Halavik. I'm going to say it a few <clears throat> times. I'll mess it up a few times yeah. more publicly. And if you see me and you go like, hey, Halavach, I'll be like, I'm going to hug you right now. I hope that's, you know that. Well, so technically, Napsok is Napsik. Yeah. And that's... Uh, is it Polish? It's Circassian. Oh. So my grandfather is Hamid Dimitri Napsik. Mm. And still alive, 93 years old in Anaheim, uh-huh. California. My grandmother's still alive. Uh, uh, Irina Omenchenko was her maiden name, mm. Ukrainian. Yeah. So I understand. So when we, they, my folks <clears> came <throat> over, my dad was, you know, born in Austria on the way over and, mm-hmm. and they hit Ellis Island, that whole classic story in 51. Yeah. My, my dad's name is Al, A-L. He has no full name or middle name. His birth name was Ali, O-L-I. Oh, okay. They kind of hit the shores and were like, you know what? Let's just make it easier on you. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my, gran- my grandpa's first name is Jan which yeah. is J-A-N, yeah. which translates to John. But when you come here, everyone says Jan. Yeah. And when my grandpa would walk up and they would say, Jan, a man, Jan, a man. Jan. They were so confused. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I know. It's like it's those European, like anything that's like outside of an American name, people are like, how do you spell yeah. this? It's like, come on. It's not that hard. You're not that hard. But I get it. I get yeah. it. P and the Z. So here you are. You're over here. You were born born here? I was born in San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm like, were you born in America? <laughs> Are you American? Are you American? You're Is like, the government listening to you're this? You're like, San Diego, jerk. Yeah, yeah bro. I'm as American as they <laughs> <Yeah>. get. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, which makes sense because you are kind of Mr. San Diego, especially when it comes to San Diego Comic-Con oh, time. Oh, man, yeah. You are the number one resource for can I? Can you get me in? Into Hall H. <laughs> yeah. No, that's very true. And it's it's now happened on multiple occasions. And it's Too many. Even, too many, too many. And I don't know if it's going to happen now, but uh, yeah, many, <laughs> many, many occasions of can you get me into Hall H or how do I get into this party? Yeah. Both from people professionally in the industry and, yes. and people who are my friends who are like, hey, can you hook me up? I'm like, but here, <laughs> I can't even get in. But here, but uh, but see, I'm I'm going to stop you there yeah. because this year, this past year, yeah, yeah. you got me into the Geek and Sundry party. Yeah, that's true. And so you can't tell me that's, I, that's that's when I was on good terms with them. But that, but but my point is, and maybe all right, this year's I don't even think I'm going to be there this year. Oh, um, don't tell me that. But that's you're you're a victim of your own success then, because that was how I you yeah. were you were literally like we brought you on. I think it was for a Comic Con preview <laughs> show, right? On yes, yeah. yeah. And it was like, cool. Well, that's, that's oddly enough, that's kind of how I met Christian was they had like seen a fan trailer that I did. They really liked it. But then they put out a tweet of like, right. how do I get into Hall H? Or does anybody know a connection? I was like, well, I do. Yeah. And then back in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna, you better hook it up if I'm going to get you into Hall H. And yeah. that's how, how I met Copster and JTE. That was the first time I met those guys. Right. And then it all just kind of. the year that they slept on the sidewalk? I think that was the year they slept so. on the sidewalk. I believe so. Oh, gosh. And then it was like, hey, I can get you in. We can just go here. <laughs> and they were like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so it was that good. Was, it worked out. That was the year because I was uh, partying at the Nerd HQ party at, mm. the, at Petco. And oh, we were, yeah. And we were up there in like the third level looking down at the people waiting in line. <laughs> and cops are... sorry bastards are sleeping. Yeah, and cops are... No, they weren't even sleeping. They didn't... The, the sweet relief of sleep hadn't hit them yet. Oh, it God. was JT and cops looking up at us partying, oh, not, not no. knowing... They were staring at us, but going those. It was like Titanic. It was steerage oh and first God. class, and that was a, that was an interesting year at Comic Con. Those poor bastards. <laughs> Talk to me about growing up in San Diego because that is kind of a wonderful cliche. It um San Diego. So this is the thing about San Diego, and I didn't realize this until I moved. Was I didn't appreciate San Diego enough? But I yeah. think that happens to a lot of people who like who live in their 
their birthplace for too long. They don't, yeah. you know, sort of go outside of that boundary. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I moved to LA that I was like, man, San Diego is so mellow, so chillax. Yeah. They love their surfing. They love their football, their bars, yeah. their Padres, and their former Chargers. <laughs> um, and that's sort of the San Diego life. Like everybody yeah. just likes to go out to the beach, have a surf, have a beer, have a taco, and fucking kick it bro yeah hang down there yeah. uh, downtown fifth fifth street there oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. on fourth fifth market yeah the gas lamp i mean there's so many cool places in downtown san diego i went there my first time in 1988 that's the year after i was born the year after you were born so little one-year-old yeah. adam <laughs> was down there in san diego when i saw the padres defeat the pirates four to three and ten innings on a chris brown single up the middle jose lean hit his second home run of his season that year that's i don't know right. what you just said but that's that sounded right. real hot that does yes it is <laughs> it is <laughs> Uh, Benito Santiago behind the plate for the Padres. But I was down there, and I, I had a very, you know, I'm young. I was about 12 then at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, not the best feeling of San Diego. And it changed oh, no. dramatically. Downtown was, I'll just say, it, downtown was a dump yeah. back then. Like, it, a lot of stuff was not built out. There was a lot of homeless downtown. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until really the mid to, I want to say the, yeah, like mid to mid-ish 90s that it really took off. They really built out Horton Plaza. They put a Planet Hollywood in there. That was yeah. my jam. And inside of Planet <laughs> Hollywood, they had a capsule with a red Power Ranger suit and then the T2 on yeah. Schwarzenegger yeah, yeah. thing. And I was like, I'm all about Planet Hollywood. <laughs> and then they got rid of it. So there goes my childhood memories. There goes your childhood memories <laughs> down there. Um, at what point, you are you are an interesting case because you are in entertainment, mm-hmm. but you are very well-rounded where you're you're a good host and entertainer. You're, you're knowledgeable about a lot of nerd things. Yeah. But you have a, a great amount of skills behind the scenes. Yeah. And that's where I've got to work with you uh, for about a you know good eight, about a year. Yeah, I've been there for two years now. Over at uh, Screen Junkies, where yeah. you were handling a lot of the graphic designs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And trust me, that's more than just knowing Photoshop. <laughs> um, so how did you come to that? Because did you want to grow up and be an entertainer, but also your parents were like, learn computers, kid. It started with a little movie called Star Wars. <gasps> I've heard of it. This 1997. Film. Oh, my. <laughs> I was nine years old. Yes. No, I, yeah, I was nine years old. My mom took me to see... A New Hope, when the re-release came out, Mm -hmm. and I legitimately think that at some point my brain turned inside out, flipped around, and then did it back again. Wow. And I was like, I got to make movies. I want to make movies so bad. Wow. So from about, I think from about 9 to sort of 12, maybe like 12 to 13, I didn't really pursue it. I just really fell in love with movies. Just like daydreamed about Yeah, I daydreamed about movies and I had action figures and I would always like make up little action sequences and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And then I think by the time I turned, I think around 13, 14 was when I got my first camera for my birthday and that was like, we're doing it. Really? Yeah. And I just started making short films, like little Star Wars shorts with my friends. We would do these like just mock up lightsaber fights. Yeah. So the the way I got into it was I needed to figure out how to make a lightsaber and it Mm -hmm. was like, I don't know. This thing is on tape. Like, how do I even put it in a computer? So I just, like, Google was young, yeah. but I started researching and figuring out, like, okay, how do I trans? How do I transcode footage from a DV tape to a computer? 
I, f- I found I found like a rip copy of Photoshop. And then what you would do is you would take it into Premiere, which I was able mm-hmm. to get through like a family friend. Yeah. You would take the video clip. You would export it as an actual film strip file. Right. So you would literally get an image that had like every single frame. You go into Photoshop and one frame one. by one frame paint it in. You lost me at Google. <laughs> and here you are probably with the early 2000s doing this. Yeah, I was like 13 or 14. And I, yeah, so that was like, that's how I started. And then on top of that, I started doing a lot of photo manipulations. Mm. So I would take actors' faces and put them on superheroes. Oh, wow. And... Did you and have a, and put you, them online. Did you have a GeoCities website? Did I, I see your work? No. <laughs> Surprisingly, the craziest thing happened. So like in 2003, when Henry Cavill was first auditioning for, I think it was like the J.J. Abrams Superman yeah. movie. Yeah. I remember like reading, it was like him and Matt Bomer and a few other people. I took a photo of Christopher Reeve and this like black and white headshot of Henry Cavill. I cut it out. Mm. I, I put it on Christopher Reeve's body. I colorized it. I put it out there into the internet. It somehow made it into a forum that was like, I don't know if it was Henry Cavill's official website right. or if it was like a fan site. Henry Cavill actually saw it and he responded in the message board. Now, mind you, this is like 2003, 2004. Henry Cavill hadn't, he did like, he, yeah, he, yeah. he did the movie Jim Caviezel, Count of Monte Cristo probably right, at that right, point. Right, so he right. was like a young actor. Right. So that was a trip. And then, you know, obviously 10 years later, he gets cast as Superman. So that was cool. But that's really how I started was like Photoshopping, you know, actors' heads on superhero bodies. And then it got into fan trailers. And while I was doing fan trailers at the same time, I was making these like going out to Borrego Springs and making these Star Wars shorts. This is this is impressive. And it it shows. So going back to, say, nine years old, this is a that's a different soapbox. But the fact that, you know, the, the Star Wars special editions can at times be maligned and, and mm-hmm. people want, you know, right, Lucas, why'd you do that? Right. But I always say, cause I hear your story come, that type of story comes up a lot. Maude Garrett's an example too. of someone yeah. giant star Wars fan, host star Wars shows. It began in 97 with special oh, yeah, editions. For sure. That was your star Wars. I love the generational stories like that. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So I, I, I was pulled into star Wars in 83 Jedi. wanted to, I want to be George Lucas mm-hmm. and I would daydream about episode seven. Cause I was going to write it and star and direct it. Yeah. But the difference is, you grabbed a camera and did it. Where did that drive come from? Um, I, I think honestly, the drive came from me just really wanting to sort of know what that felt like to make something mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, back in two thousand three, two thousand four, YouTube hadn't existed yet, so there was really no nobody who would see it. Yeah, but it was fun because my friends and I we would get together, we would make these little things, and it was like. We'll, we'll put it on a big screen TV. We'll get our parents. Mm-hmm. And you know, my friend would get his parents. We'd all go to one house and we'd watch it together. And wow. we had a great time. Like we, The parents would make popcorn and ice cream and snacks and stuff. So it kind of became our little, like, our fun weekend projects that kind of felt like we were just making movies yeah. on like a, I don't know, maybe like every three months we'd go make something new. So I think that really drove it was like, wow, our parents are enjoying this. We're making entertaining content. Right. Let's keep doing it. And it kind of mm-hmm. rolled all the way into high school. I kept doing it. And then in my senior year, I took a multimedia class mm-hmm. and I produced a couple shorts. One of them was like a Superman short film. That was like our final project. And I remember the teacher was like, guys, because everybody, okay, it's high school, right? Yeah. It's a multimedia class. 
you have free reign to do whatever you want. You can like listen to music. You can you could leave campus. You right? could jerk off if you wanted to. I mean, God bless you for doing that at school. <laughs> exactly. Not in trouble because I had video production in the nineties. Yeah. Same thing. We had a, literally a pass. We could leave campus and go shoot stuff. Exactly. And so like I was one of those people who was like, I want to utilize all this gear. Like they're cheap dollies, cheap cameras, but it had like a recording studio. It had all these Mac computers, and I was like, perfect. Yeah. Let's make something really cool, really high concept. So we made this like Superman short film. It's on my it's on my YouTube page if you want to see me in like two thousand. 2006 looking ridiculous <laughs> but the cool thing about it was i, <laughs> I remember the teacher said because he had to watch them all before we presented them in class and he says guys this next thing we're going to watch i have a really strong feeling that the guys that made this are going to go far in the industry uh, yeah so it's like i've always had these sort of like motivational pushes from people yeah and it started with family it kind of moved into eventually moved into youtube doing fan trailers and then it came from teachers and mm-hmm. it just sort of was like you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to continue doing this. So I learned how to use Photoshop, After Effects, Premiere, and I was like, I'm just going to learn how to be a multi-talented artist. And it paid off. Like I got to make my, um, I got to take part in a web series, which was based off of Mm. Heroes. We called it Villains. And we (laughs) like flipped the whole thing around. It was great. So I basically just got to, I taught myself these skill sets and then I got to apply them to all these projects that I made. Mm -hmm. And then Answered a Craigslist ad and gone to visual effects, which was crazy. Did you, wow, that's <laughs> the only time you know you could go to a Craigslist ad and get the wrong thing, man. Um, did at any other point? I mean, again, we go back to in general, it starts at nine, it kicks in high gear, yeah. 13, 14. At any other time, was there any other passion you felt about going after? Or was this it? <clears throat> I was a big hockey fan as a kid. Oh. I loved hockey. I played ice, I played a lot of sports, but ice hockey has always been my favorite. It's my go to. Right. I love it so much. There was, I think, a point, but I think it was very, very small, where I was like, maybe hockey would be something I'd love to mm. do. I also love to draw, mm. but to me, that was always like, oh, man, drawing is such a long-term commitment, yeah. and it's a re- very repetitive practice, and sometimes it's a lot of the same type of stuff, mm. whereas when you're filmmaking, it can be anything. It can be su- it, it, like any genre, any sort of style like that you want to try to go out there and mimic. Right. So short-term, hockey, very short-term. But it's pretty much always been like, I want to make movies and I want to tell stories. I love that because I I went around the block. Baseball was my hockey for you. I swore I was going to play for the New York Yankees. Mm -hmm. That got me to seventh grade. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you know, two or three years old, I was talking into microphones with my dad, seven, eight, nine. I had a little tape deck and I was recording radio shows in my room. So it's interesting for me, the journey went... I, I other things that I love stand up writing all those things are mm-hmm. there and they're part of what I like but it, it was weird it, it this big I had to take this long journey to get yeah. back w- to what was in my heart at nine yeah. it sounds like fortunately you found it early and committed to it I did I did and I think the only thing that sort of derailed me was a, a couple times in high school girls a hundred percent girls and friends and even my job because I've I've kind of yeah. been working um, mostly since I was like 14, 15. Right. And I've never, like, I've never, I took a vacation last year for a week and that was the first vacation I'd taken in 15 years, which I know to some people is like, what the hell? And to me, it's kind of became normal. You went to Europe, right? Yeah, for my 30th. You know what's funny? Mm. I, so I saw you post some pictures. Yeah. And I thought, I don't even know you for a long period of time, yeah. but I was around you enough every day where you're such a hardworking dude. You're also one of the first there, last out type of guy. Um, and when I saw that, and I don't work with you every day anymore, I was like, I wonder if everything's all right with Adam. <laughs> like, did he just Intervention. Run, did he run away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good for you for doing it. Yeah, like, man. So you've, you've, the, 
how did you girl had girls derail you? What? Yeah, and I, uh, by me, it's 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 my own fault because I let it derail me. Of course. And yes. there was one particular girl that I like fell in love with, and I was like determined to you know get her attention and be, and have this whole really like I played up this whole fantasy in my head, and mm-hmm. you know high school things happen, and you find out who your real friends are and all that sort of stuff. But so yeah, that sort of derailed me, and then I ended up being with this girl for a couple years, mm-hmm. and we then we broke up, and. It, it was weird because when we broke up, I was literally six weeks away from shooting my first feature film. Wow. And I think that was really motivation. That was like a huge sort of like eye opener and motivation for me to be like, okay, I have no commitments right now. Yeah. I'm not like I hadn't, I wasn't in school. I didn't have a girlfriend. And I was like, okay, if I really want to pursue this thing and really tackle this dream of mm-hmm. mine, then I need to just fire in all cylinders and go. Yeah. And I did. Lock has foils in attack position. Oh, they were locked. They were, that's a Star loaded. Wars reference, Adam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you get Those yeah, S foils yeah. were. <laughs> <laughs> so, How dare you question my, yeah. my knowledge of Star oh, Wars? Gosh, no, no. You got a great Star Wars shirt on right <laughs> now, actually. Um, so, when does it go from something you want to do to something you are doing? And, and you and I, <clears throat> even at my age, slightly older than you, a little more gray in my beard, mm-hmm. um, the goals can always change, circumstances can always change, and we can come back and talk about that. But to. Move up from San Diego to leave your home yeah. and the fish and chips by the, the by the port over there. You mm, know, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, when did that click in? And and because we all can dream and we all can For pursue sure. it. Yeah. I I I play try to play baseball, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk. Take me to that moment where you're like, uh, this is it. Yeah. Well. So leading up to that, so I had done the web series for yeah. a couple of years, and then we went to go see District 9, and my friend had this great idea for a new movie. He was inspired by District 9. Mm-hmm. So we shot our first feature. It didn't end up going that well. And then I had started doing this visual effects job in San Diego originally, mm-hmm. and was converting movies to 3D. I did Shrek and Transformers and a few other movies, and I thought, okay, cool. I finally have gone to the point where I got a real job right. in the industry in San Diego, which is unheard. Heard of. Right. Unheard of. The company's no longer there. They're in Toronto, I think, now. As, <laughs> Your as, story could have been a lot different. <laughs> as, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it. But there was, a, there was an opportunity to come to L.A. to work in Burbank for a different company doing the same thing. Right. And I thought, okay, here's a moment. I can either completely commit to moving to Los Angeles mm-hmm. and just say, F it. I'm going to go for it and pray that it works out. Or I can stay in San Diego and just sort of keep working for this company and not know where it's going to go. And if it doesn't work out, go try other jobs. Mm-hmm. And the lo- the more I sort of kept talking about it in my head, I convinced myself like, okay, look, I love making content. Mm-hmm. If visual effects doesn't work out in the long run, I'll be in Los Angeles. Right. I can do other things. And it was kind of scary. I packed yeah. up my car mm-hmm. and I, f- uh, one of my friends who lives in Glendale. Um, she was like, well, I have a room opening up. It's me and my boyfriend and another roommate. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Screw it. Yeah. Moved up, came, came, came up to Burbank, worked at the studio, got to work on Avengers. Oh, wow. Um, got to work on a couple other projects and then, uh, was let go. <laughs> I, I was there for about six months Yeah, and they were like, we're, we're consolidating mm. because we don't have as many projects. And I was like, Cool, cool. This is great. <laughs> I'm here for six months, and I'm already it's already it's already gone down the toilet. Yeah, went back to San Diego. Okay, for about a year and a half. I I think I sort of had like a mental not a mental breakdown, but I was like, do I want to do this? Do I want to yeah. do this? Is this what I want to pursue? Do I want to continue getting chewed up and spit back out? Yeah. Year and a half later, same company calls me. 
And it's like, hey, um, would you be interested in coming back? We've got all these projects lined up. It was like Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, mm. X-Men Days of Future Past, Godzilla, Ninja Turtles, like all these movies. And I said, oh, man, internal dialogue. If I yeah. go to L.A., I cannot leave. There is no going back. This like, is it. Now. I have to 100% commit. So I did. That was in two, that was December 2013. And yeah. It's February 2018, and I'm still here. You're still here, still kid. Still here. You're still here. Yeah. But you have, you know, this is a, I don't want to call it a day job, but it's like one part of your yeah. skill set. Yeah. And you have still have big dreams and big goals. I mean, I imagine you want to still make films. You want to make oh, pictures. Yeah. You want to be in the pictures, kid. Of course. Um, and this is also a weird era, 2013. By then, new media is starting to really oh, yeah. take Digital shape. is like... Yeah, skyrocketing. It's gone from cat videos on the internet to a living. Yeah, that you and I are both thankful for. Yeah, and as much as it hurts at times and <laughs> uh, spits us back out when we want, we can talk yeah. about that. But yeah, um, um, where do you sit now? Like, like, how do you want to take over the world, man? It's a good question. It's a really Thank good. You. It's a good question. I, I like. I like the questions that you bring up. <laughs> no, but it's it's crazy because you're right. Uh, digital media totally took off, and I think the big thing that I sort of saw and for better or for worse, it's worked out to an extent is my big thing. Cause I was doing, I was the company that I was working on. I was also working in there with Hector Navarro Navarro, yeah, and Augustine. And we were doing, now we're doing, now we're doing hyperheroes. Is that where you guys met? Uh, we met, in, I met them in San Diego. We worked at the same company in San Diego and we kind of moved up together. Oh, okay. I did, I, oh, so it goes back to even. Yeah. It goes okay, back to San okay, Diego. Gotcha. And those two actually know each other from art school in San Diego. Gotcha. Um, but while working at that company, we kept going to lunch and we kept talking about superheroes over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I started watching, you know, I started watching AMC Movie Talk and all these other shows. And I thought, no one's talking about superheroes. Right. Which is completely different than making movies. Yeah. But I thought, this is an opportunity to take advantage of this space. Yeah. So we started doing it and, you know, f- now, wow, now it's four years later. Holy <laughs> Christ. I wish people could see the look on your face. Wow. Like, oh boy, I'm old. Four years later. And it's like, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's crazy. So I think like long term, I love doing this. Mm-hmm. And I, I never thought I'd get into podcasts because I've actually been always an extremely shy kid. So the idea really? yeah. of like going on camera and talking in front of a camera or to an audience, mm-hmm. mortifying. Yeah. More like at school when I had to do presentations, I was always really good at them. Yeah. But Man, the amount of times that they changed my underwear before I did them was oh ridiculous. Oh my gosh, sir! How, well, how do you how do you click it on then? Because I, I am tremendously shy. Yeah. Social anxiety, not as much as now as I used to be. But yeah. like sixth, seventh grade, I wouldn't even look you in the eyes or talk to you totally. if I didn't know you. But something clicked in. That's yeah. why I knew I was a performer. How did you click that in? Because you're great. You're entertaining. You yeah. know what to do. Well, thank you. Um, I, I honestly think it just came from consistency, doing it every single week. We got into the regiment of just every week, me, Augie, and Hector. Getting we would do it and do it. Yeah. And then Hector went off and did stuff for Geek and Sundry. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, do you guys want to come do a live show on Twitch? Yeah. First, first response was live. Second was, <laughs> what is Twitch? But we went and we did this live show, and yeah. the response was so positive from the live viewers that mm-hmm. I thought, oh, maybe I'm not that bad at this. Right. Then they gave us a show on there, and I think between doing that and doing stuff on my own and now doing stuff at Hyper RPG, and even Screen Junkies has let me come on and do stuff for them. Yeah, yeah. I've been on Collider um, or on, on Schmoes. Yeah. I think, it honestly, for me, it just became repetition. Just do mm. it and do it and do it. And there's a lot of times where I would do a show or an episode of something, and I'd look back and like, I don't feel like it was like, I don't feel like my point was strong enough. I feel like something. So I've always sort of tried to work on it a lot. And I think that really was the key. And now 
honestly, if I were to, if I were to have to go in front of a stage and do something or yeah. talk about something, I'm actually really comfortable. I love it. Well, oddly enough. I'm glad you said that because I'm going to pull back this wall here. And we oh my god! Oh, gosh. oh my god! Maybe I'd love to one day do some <laughs> live knapsack files. Well, and you got you know you got this crew. You're talking about you work these repetitions. Yeah. You know, Augustine's uh, great, and, and and Hector Navarro is just yeah. such a natural, such a such a superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, uh, I worked with him on the Walking Dead show on Screen Junkies. That's right. And, and so you you got you're surrounded by yeah a good team. Yeah, they're like super passionate people. They, the thing that's worked so well with us is that we love the thing that we love mm-hmm. and like we love to talk about it. Yeah. And we did it all the time at lunch. So it was perfect. It was like, here's a microphone, mm-hmm. let's record it and just upload. Yeah. And honestly, we thought we thought, ah, it's not gonna it's probably not gonna do that well. And it caught on. Like it took some time, but yeah. eventually it caught on. It caught on. Then we started doing trailer reactions, and those were received really well. Mm-hmm. And I think the big thing why they, those were successful was it wasn't just "Hi, we're here to hit, we're here to watch the trailer play." Right. And when it ends, if you liked our reaction, leave a comment. Bye. <laughs> it was we. The big thing I told them was, look, if we're gonna do trailer reactions, <laughs> let's actually build a conversation around it, and yeah. let's talk. Let's bring the knowledge that we have from comic books and all their movies. Yeah. And let's let's kind of break it down and, and talk about some of the intricacies of the trailer and whatnot. And I think that's what really caught on. And people are like, oh, these people are actually having a conversation about yeah. superhero stuff and a trailer other than just being like, hi, subscribe, see you next week. Yeah, I see a lot of that too. Yeah. It, it, it's still an entertainment. And I think that's, that's yeah. got to be a key. Like you have to, you got you to gotta broadcast. You got to talk. You got to put on a totally. show. Mock oh, yeah, show, yeah. mock show. As yeah, we used yeah. to yell at the Beatles in Germany. Um, do you feel, because... It sounds like your story similar to, to others in a lot of ways, but you're, yeah. you're an individual, Adam. <laughs> um, similar sense of this this pops up. Yeah. Now, I'm talking professionally Star Wars and Game of Thrones. That's mm-hmm. great. You know, I, I can see how if you would have told me 10 years ago, I'd have been like, number one, I get paid for that. Two. <laughs> yeah. That's the crazy part. Okay. Uh-huh. So it makes some sense for me, and it's close to my radio upbringings. But I also was a writer uh, for a while, writer at heart, and a... And a, and a, and a Content creator, like sometimes I feel yeah. bad. I'm just talking about other people's work when I'm, I'm a creator myself. Right. But for you, do you feel as you start to you know succeed in this w- way, and yeah, career paths change. Do you, are you too far away from where you wanted to set out that that little boy making a lightsaber frame mm-hmm. by frame? Is is that still on your horizon or in your plans? Look, man, I'll, I'll tell you one thing about visual effects. Yeah, I don't miss it. <laughs> visual, okay, but visual effects, great. Right, and we can talk about, about that. You're talking about filmmaking. You're talking about filmmaking. Yeah, the one thing that I will say that yes, even though it's sort of like I was on a path and I feel like I made a left instead of a right. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I feel like is great about that about kind of doing it this way is, and look, it's a small fan base, but yeah. th- I, I have somewhat of a fan base, and the great thing about it is I can make something show it to that fan base and get immediate feedback. Yeah. And to me that is so valuable mm-hmm. to have a to have a fan base that you can have one on one on ones with yeah. about your content, about things that you're trying. So to me I love it because now so my friend and I who were originally doing the feature 7 years ago, we're going back to that project. We're going to go back into that uh, world. We're going to turn into a go. web series, we're yeah. going to do an RPG on it. We're going to do all these things. And now it's great because there's an audience built in. Yeah. So we can do all these, we can do an RPG show, mm-hmm. do it in front of an audience and they can tell us, oh, this is great. Or, oh, maybe this would work better mm. and have immediate feedback and make adjustments. So yeah. that way at the end, like as the more you do it, the better it gets. Yeah. Same thing with the web series. We want to make a pilot. We want to put it out there. And because of the fan base, we can get immediate feedback from people and say like, 
what works, what doesn't work, what should we adjust, how are you feeling about it? Basically, what they do here in LA. Yeah. yeah. Where you go to a test screening, they give you a ballot, and they're like, fill it out. What doesn't work? What does? You need your third act needs fixing. Exactly. So to me, that is hugely Mm -hmm. advantageous to have that because nowadays you put something out there and people are just going to rip it apart. Ooh, it's tough. So much. It's tough. I, I have not looked at a YouTube comment on any show I've been on in well over a year. Well over a year. That includes Schmodowns, mm-hmm. places even where I'm generally well-received. Oh, really? I just can't do it. Because it, it's, it's not, that is where it's no longer honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's something else. I think because I've had to do it for so many different channels, mm-hmm. I kind of embrace it. And, even, mm. and, like, and there are plenty of people who are real janky in the comments. Yeah. And I don't... I it's usually, a nice way of saying Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I usually don't engage with them. Yeah. Every once in a while, though, I'll go in there and I'll be like, hey, have you ever considered making a constructive comment? Yeah. So yeah. there's actually some value in it. Yeah. And a lot... Uh, honest to God, a lot of times those people respond with, holy Christ, I didn't think you would actually respond. You, you ain't lying, man. They think they're talking to a blank wall. Yeah. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. I remember I, Stuckman told me a story about that. Too. Yeah. He engaged a guy early on, and, and the guy was like, oh, wow, I'm a big fan, after he had ripped him apart. Exactly. He had ripped him apart and was like, I'm a big fan, man. I just, I just want to get your attention. 100%. And that's sad. Because, like, look, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, now mm-hmm. that I'm uh, dabbling in the Twitch world, which is yeah. fun, it's so positive and fun. You're forming a community. That, oh, yeah, That is totally. different. Yeah, the YouTube comments are just it just not getting better. People like to drop bombs and run. Yeah. And when you engage with them, they're like, oh, God, I have to. Defend yeah. myself or yeah. have something to say. Ooh. Monsters. Yeah. I want to go back to this point because what you're te- you're telling a great story here and, and you're and you're clearly talented and have some drive and, and we all face obstacles. Mm-hmm. But you you there's something interesting in your story. You come up, you make this leap of faith. You're Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, all right? You uh, penitent men shall pass. <laughs> and you make the leap of faith. Yeah. And then it doesn't work out. Six months you say you lose your job and you decide to move back home. Mm-hmm. Um, which is is an interesting decision. <laughs> two hours away. <laughs> two, hours, two hours away. Well, yeah. okay, but it doesn't matter. San yeah, yeah. Diego or Topeka, Kansas. Doesn't right. matter. That is, it's uh, we know as mature, common sense based adults, that's not a failure. That's a readjustment. At yeah. the time, though, were you like, I failed? I've tried. I took a swing and I miss. And how were you? How were you? What were you thinking at that time? Uh, it's a fascinating point in your story. I think the first three months for me was sort of a nice breath of fresh air because, mm-hmm. honestly, for people who don't know visual effects, it's long, long days. You're not sounding too happy about your visual effects time. No, I mean, honest, like, look, working on the Avengers is great. Working on a lot of other movies is great. Mm-hmm. I will say though, the things I'm doing now are way more rewarding. Gotcha. One, because people actually know that you're doing that thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I think the first three months for me was great because I sort of got to a reset. Mm-hmm. Once we got past the three month, six month, nine month part, going into a year, I th- it, it kind of started to hit me of like, am I failing at life? Mm-hmm. Am I going to, I feel like I'm slowly starting to spiral. And I, and I honestly, my motivation sort of went from a hundred percent to like negative 20. Wow. And I was just not motivated at all. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to make anything. I had considered maybe going back to school and maybe doing something in like biotech. Wow. Yeah. Like complete hundred percent 180 yeah. from where I was. Um, and mostly because my mom works in that industry. So she was okay. like, look, I can help you. Maybe there's opportunities and all sure. that sort of stuff. So I was like, maybe that's just the path I need to go on. Maybe I just need, maybe I'm not just not cut out for 
LA and the industry and what it is and how it treats you. Maybe right. I just need to do this thing. So first, first three months was very much a reset after that, very much a spiral downward. And I think after the, after 12 months was like, I almost didn't even want to come out of a room sort of a thing. Damn. I just wanted to be in a room in a dark room alone, <laughs> just watch movies. I could not, like, I legitimately could not find work. It was the weirdest thing. What's Adam doing? He's watching A Clockwork Orange again in the dark. That's, That's what, what I was doing. doing. I was watching I was watching Kubrick and Rocky movies and <laughs> anything that would try to, like, boost my motivation, especially, right. like, Rocky-type movies where it's like, okay, oh, okay. Like, like, I need to feel better about something. And so you're very aware of what you're feeling. Oh, I knew I felt like a dirty sock. It's an altered state. You're yeah. not, like, accepting it as truth, but you're, like, yeah. feeling this. Yeah, and it was it was rough. And, like, because of my relationship and, like, right. I, you know, there's, like, a death in the family and stuff, mm. I think I just really honed in on that, and that's all I thought of. And it just brought me down incredibly. Um, mm. So then when I got to, you know, a year and a half and I get this call to come up and do this job, I'm like, oh, my God, salvation. So you had uh, so that was that was going to be my follow up. Yeah. Then. So year and a half, you're back home, you're on the bed, and you're watching movies in the dark. The same company, a company that maybe you didn't like, but you didn't hesitate. Then you were like, I no. mean, it sounded like earlier you said, yeah, do I want to do? Am I ready for this? Right. This is it. I love that that you're like, this is it. I either yeah. go or I don't or I stay. Yeah, yeah. Any hesitation or here we go again or where, where's your mind? It at? was a little bit of both. It was a little. It was a little bit of here we go again. It was also a little bit of like, well, if this, this if this doesn't work out, you need to really focus on building up relationships with people because I think that's the thing I didn't do the first time. I would kind of go to work, go home, right? Go to work, go home. I didn't go out and I didn't meet people. I didn't build relationships. And I think if you're going to come to LA or be in a creative industry, you need to build relationships with people. It's extremely yes. important. Yes. So I think that was the key the second time was also because we were starting to do our YouTube thing. It was a great way for me to be like, okay, I'm going to go meet people, go meet people. I'm going to meet this creator, that creator. And that helped tremendously. It is. I cannot emphasize enough that you're 100% right. Yeah. Uh, I go back to my groundling days, and it's, this isn't my interview, my story, and people have heard it before, but it's like, you know, I did pretty good in groundlings until the end training. Everyone goes down there and trains, and mm -hmm. I had a good time. Surrounded by wonderful, talented people, many yeah. who eventually were, went to work at, at SNL, uh, whether on camera or behind the scenes, mm -hmm. went to work at Mad TV, all these things. And I'm not saying that if I become closer friends with them that I'd be on that path. Right. But when they get out of those shows, they're making movies and they're bringing in people that they worked with. And, right. and that is when you hear from the outside, if you're in Topeka, Kansas, if you're in San Diego and you hear, hey, you got a network, it's not some like Hollywood, hey, right. kid, you I got a network. I'm sitting here with a cigar and you yeah. got a network. You got you to gotta go to the casting couch. And that, <laughs> that, that horrible stuff happens, absolutely. Yeah. But it's not that. It is your, your mates, your team, your connections, your friends. It's you and I. Now going, and we're both in a similar situation. We lost our full-time gigs. Yeah. And, and you know, I can't necessarily offer you a job. You can't offer me a job. But I, I like to know that, like, yeah. I, you need a hug. I, I'll give you a hug. Look, the first thing that I text you was, let's start the ex-employees drunken podcast. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that is the key. And you have you have Augustine, you have Hector. But that's your two running mates. Yeah. We've had a lot going on. And so that is a key to success. And I don't want to put a spotlight on That's a great. That's a yeah. the book of Adam. He's right. Yeah. And I, I think also is like you need to just stay positive you need even though even though you might be in the slumps things might not be going your way mm -hmm. you got to always have a positive outlook and you have to look at the bright side of everything and you got to tell yourself how do i get out of this what right. do i need to do how hard do i need to work that's the thing too is like a lot of people come to la and after six months they want to give up because right. one they don't have any motivation two they are lazy 
Lazy. That I was. I was for so long yeah. in my life. Yeah. Ten years yeah. in my twenties. Wasted. Wasted because I'd rather play Madden. Yeah. I mean, you want to play Madden? What's that up? What are we good. doing? Let's do it right now. Uh, which is weird that now, <laughs> now you came over tonight. I was just doing my yeah. Twitch. So life has changed. But, I know. but the now the, there's a way to do it where you can actually interact yeah. with an audience and to some extent monetize. Yeah, but yeah, to some extent. But you you also have to be good. Yeah, like of you course. have to be entertained. I'm saying I'm there yet on Twitch, but like in life, that's going back. That's a separate conversation. Right. Adam and Adam and Ken talk Hollywood business. <laughs> will be another show. But this is about you and about that. So you feel. And so you got over this hump, and yeah. yes, your job changes, your path changes, obstacles show up, but you're you're feeling secure. Does it feel like that is that victory enough? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you, you want more. You want to. Take oh, of over course. The world. I'm hungry as hell. Yeah, that's why I'm a big boy. Um, <laughs> so am I. Yeah. Well, I, and I think that's the key thing. I think for me, it's always like I knew going into this was like I'm gonna have to work harder than everybody else. And honestly, for the last two years, ever since I started working at Screen Junkies, is mm-hmm. I got to Screen Junkies in the morning. I'd be there till you know six or seven o'clock. Right. I'd go home and I'd work on my own stuff from you know eight o'clock till about midnight or two. Yeah, yeah. Putting in sixteen-hour days, but now it's not sixteen-hour days devoted to just like visual effects, like just one movie. I'm doing my day job and getting paid for it, right. and I'm also doing the thing that I love, mm. which is so key. And it's hard sometimes, but once hard. you get to that point, it's great. And I look, I preach taking, making sure you're taking some time for yourself. Yeah. Play some hockey again. Do you still do that? Do you put on the skates ever again? Man, honestly, I haven't owned a pair of skates in so long, but because of the situation mm-hmm. that you and I are both in, yeah. I may actually take it up because I know that they have a roller hockey league in Burbank. They do. Not too far from they here. They do. I, I used to try... I wanted to play some roller hockey, not yeah. ice hockey. I had I had two sticks, goalie stick. I like be, I like being a goalie. Goalie's fun. My goalie's brother's fun. a goalie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I shouldn't get on rollerblades and, and try <laughs> it. Here. I shouldn't get it. But yeah, having that outlet's important. Yeah, I think that's a key thing too. Is like a lot of people just want to do the work thing. Mm-hmm. You really got to take care of yourself. And I'm I'm very guilty of not doing that. Like when yeah. I moved here, I was in a much better condition than I am now mm-hmm. because I would just work, 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 yeah, twenty four seven, not devoting time to myself. And now that I'm like, okay, I have free time every morning. Get up, go do something active, go do something that's like really, really positive towards your body and your mental state. Right. Then do work, and then maybe take a break and do something else that's a little physical. You're well rounded, grounded. I'm trying, individual. man. Twenty eighteen, literally twenty seventeen ended, and I thought, okay, yeah. It's my 30th birthday. I got to sort of live it up and have fun and be third and like be be 30, turn 30 and have a good time. 2018, yeah. I'm like, this is grind time. Let's go in time. every in every aspect. Every aspect, including love. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll what do you mean there. we'll get there? Well, here's the crazy thing: is come that, on, you're young, you're healthy, you're dating in LA. What's the scoop? Ken, I haven't been on dating like six years. Get out of here. Get out of here. Come on. I mean, I went through like a 40-year dry spell, but... Um. <laughs> hey, man, I'm coming up on year 38, so I'm not that far. <laughs> no, but that, and that's, that's the thing. And I, yeah. I have a lot of people bring that up to me, and they say, you, you haven't dated, you haven't had a girlfriend in X amount of years, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yes, I understand that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. that I'm not going to devote time to. It's not fair to them, first sure. of all. And it's not fair to me because I'm, you know, there's nothing... It's just... I feel like for the next couple of years, I really need to focus on getting on a path where I feel like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm doing, I feel good about what I'm doing. 
And then I can be like, okay, now I have, now I feel like I can devote X amount of time to somebody mm-hmm. and actually make it feel like I care about them enough. Well, and here, here first of all, number one, and yeah. anyone there listening, if you're single and, and this and that, uh, well, yeah, well, yeah, in the LA area, in the LA area, area girls, <laughs> Adams, I endorse Adam, but look, I, I, you know, I was single for a long time, a lot of time by choice. Like, I don't think there, there shouldn't be a pressure to couple up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That, that shouldn't be. And yeah. what you're saying is tremendously well balanced, but that's. Love doesn't care about that. No. It'll slap you upside the head when you least expect it. I'm sure. in the best relationship of my life. Something that was literally not planned. Even after it began, we both were like, oh, this, but this isn't a thing that should be. Mm-hmm. And it is, and it's and it's changed my life. So uh, I'm just warning you. Yeah. Um, it seems like you got a good plan in yeah. place, and God's like, that's funny, Adam. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I mean... Professionally, we're both in the same boat right now. Sure. We thought we had a good plan in place, of and course. God's like, nah, you never know what curveball is going to get thrown. Yeah, at you. something better. It's zero and two. I'm going to throw a curveball. Right, and that's the thing. Look, if to- if I walk out of this door after this podcast, and I'm walking, and yeah. I'm walking to the car or whatever, and I bump into somebody and meet them. I'm 100% going to be on board and I'll embrace it. Well, and I'll make it work. I've seen my neighbors. I hope for your sake, it's not here. <laughs> That's good to know. So I'll go out the back way the and back uh, yeah, yeah. dig my way out of here. Yeah, yeah. Life is a busy, life what happens when you're busy making right. other plays. John Lennon, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, yeah, but it's fun. But yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. Like you and I, that's that's why I think I, I can identify with you. There's something, there's something in you that reminds me of, of me at times, you know, you're, yeah, just yeah. This good, you're just good bloke, um, concentrate on other things. So that's why I'm saying stand by to stand by. I know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. S-foils are still in attack position. Do you have, do you have any family pressure on that? Or are they, yeah, you because know, you were in relationships. It's, it's not right. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I know that my mom would really like for me to at least be in a relationship. She makes jokes about me having kids and all that sort of stuff. And I get it, you know, like. <laughs> Quote unquote jokes. Right. Exactly. And I, I totally understand she wants to be a grandmother before she dies. I totally get it. <laughs> Mom, I promise I'm working on it. But yeah. it's like, it's a timing thing. I mean, the biggest mistake I made being a younger guy, I was like, when I'm 25, I want to be married. By 30, I want to have two kids. Oh, yeah. Holy shit balls! If anybody's listening, sorry if I swore. Uh, don't do that to yourself. Your mom's okay with it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, no, don't that do is that. pretty silly. That is yeah. silly because I had that too. Funny, 25, it's so funny. When you're like, even in high school. Yeah. You're like, when I'm 25, 25 is nothing. I know. It's nothing. But with, I had so many, we, and I, I always blame the Beatles, because mm-hmm. I so, I'm, am and was such a Beatles fan that I'm yeah. like, well, the Beatles, had, they, 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 they made Sgt. Pepper at 26. Right. Hey, come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, I, th- I think a lot of it also comes from a European family, like European background. Yeah. Most people, at least in where my family's from, Czech Republic, mm-hmm. it's very common for people to come out of school and by 21 they're married and like usually will have a first kid at least on the way. Right. So I was like, Oh, 25, I'm giving myself extra, extra time. Perfect. And then I get to 30 and I'm like, you know what? When it happens, it happens. I'm not in a hurry. Right. Right. Um, what is your, what is your, your family is, is a melting plant here, right? You got some check in you. It's just check. It's just check. Yeah. I'm the first born American. You are the first born American. Mm Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Do, uh, how many how many relatives and family members are over here? Um, so I have one brother. I have two cousins, an aunt and uncle. My mom, who's who's single, mm-hmm. uh, and my grandma. My grandpa okay. passed away uh, about seven years ago now. Okay, so that's it. That's it. Pretty small. That's fascinating. Which is kind of crazy because a lot of European families are ginormous. Right. Huge, huge families, multiple cousins, multiple grandparents. Um, but no, it's just really small, really small, tight family. 
Uh, yeah, my my the my father's side. It's it's small and tight now. Yeah. And uncle passed away uh, back in 2012, which affected me greatly. But um, yeah, yeah, my my mom's side was the, the bigger family too. So yeah. But I know because it's old country. Either they all right? come over here on the boats, or, or they right. Uh, and stay it's like, back. oh man, Christmas time <laughs> is like it can be nuts. But with our little family, it's like all right, there's six of us. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, you, you and I, uh, you and I have some obstacles now, and, and a chance to maybe re, replan what we're thinking of doing. Yeah, uh, a second, a third, a fourth chapter, and there's going to be a fifth chapter, mm-hmm. a sixth chapter. That's how life works. Hey, man, it's a never-ending book. Uh, this, but in talking about your dominance of the world and of the entertainment industry, where, where are you looking at right now? As we start to wrap up, what, where does Adam see himself and career in five years? In five years, <clears throat> good question. I think. As long as I stay on the, tra- the trajectory that I'm on right now, I think in five years I will be hopefully making a feature film, mm-hmm. one or two web series. But I want to continue doing this YouTube thing, this hosting. This YouTube thing. Yeah, right? this like yeah. talking about movies because I yeah. love it so much. I want to continue building community. To me, that is so, so, so vital and so yeah. important on the internet. A healthy community and, yeah, fun, and fun, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I want to be able to go out there and hopefully influence other people to take a chance on the thing that they love. Mm -hmm. If you want to be creative, just start today. Mm -hmm. Like don't, don't keep putting it off. I think that's the biggest thing that people do. And I'm guilty of this as hell is wanting to always put things off. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Don't do it tomorrow. When this podcast ends, go sign up for a freaking YouTube channel. Right. And just start making content, figure out what's the thing that you love. What are you super knowledgeable about? Go out there and lend your unique voice to it and figure out, you can figure out all the other stuff later, but like get comfortable and do it. So that's sort of my hope is like, I want to continue doing what I'm doing, but I also want to continue elevating it every few months, yeah. challenging myself in a creative way, um, trying, just trying out new things and not being afraid to fail. That's, I think my biggest thing that I learned is if you fail, that's totally 100% okay. Yeah. Whatever got you to that failure, pick mm-hmm. apart the things that really worked and try it again. Yeah. And if you feel just like you got to keep getting up. If you fall down seven times, get up eight. You got to put this all in a book, man. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> I got any more life experiences and I think I'll be sure. able to. Sure. Sure. But okay. I think that's a long-term goal is to make, make a lot of really cool dynamic digital content, mm-hmm. but also have the opportunity to do things like this, do a podcast. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to just come in here and fun hang time. out with your friend for an hour. And then maybe make, uh, you know, some babies. Some babies for your, your mother there. Cool. Uh, that sounds good. Hey, great. mom. Hope you're listening. Hope you're listening. <laughs> hey, man. Um, you're working on some stuff now. Tell them what you're working on as we start to close this. Yeah. Uh, right now, you can find me every single week on Hyper Heroes on Hyper RPG's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Hyper RPG. Uh, check out the channel in general. There's a lot of really cool stuff that we do. We've got a lot of RPGs. We're doing a Power Rangers RPG, which airs every Tuesday. Oh, wow. Um, aside from that, my personal YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash Adam Hlavik. I'm going to start putting out a lot more content on there on a weekly basis. I've also got a podcast, like a Mm -hmm. video podcast that I'll be putting out, uh, reviewing movies, all that good stuff, and uh, hopefully getting Ken on there to talk about life and other things that we love. Absolutely. You have me. Uh, We'll work out the schedule. You absolutely have me. Cool. I'll see you on Thursday night. uh, (laughs) We'll work out the schedule. (laughs) I will have it. No, seriously, I I am such a fan of you, and I'm glad this worked out, and I, I know... We are we're both facing some some obstacles here in the in the in the interim and in, yeah. in the immediate future. But long term, I have a lot of faith in what you're doing, and you're such a good dude. Thanks, man. And I, I, I one day I promise you guys out there listening, one day I, I will bring a guest on the on, on the podcast that I hate. <laughs> um, but I also I am surrounded by such wonderful people with 
individual stories. And in Adam's story today, you get someone facing down failure, facing down a second chance, which can be harder than the first chance. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you've got a long way in front of you, my friend. Thanks, man. Well, and, I will say, mm-hmm. now I hope that I get to see a lot more of you. You will. Good. Um, see at the unemployment office in the morning. We file the paperwork. <laughs> Holding hands while we do it. <laughs> that is good. Hey, uh, guys out there listening, I appreciate you. Uh, I use guys in a general sense. So people, girls, gals, uh, dogs, cats, ferrets, whoever is listening, thank you for supporting the Knapsack Files. You can follow me on Twitter at Ken Knapsack. We do have the Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash the Knapsack Files. New rewards, some goals met, but I want to let you guys know about the Discord server. I've started that. And here's the thing. I was like an old dog learning a new trick, and I was like, what is this? Like a new space Reddit? Uh, but we have started a community there, and Adam talked about uh, the positivity of a community. It's not just a place for you to go on and talk about my shows or, or me. There's some channels there for that if you have guest suggestions and everything. But if it's part of the rewards on Patreon, you go in there. We have created a community of a daily Discord topic. Where we talk about questions about life. Sometimes it's silly. Sometimes it's serious. We have a, a personal help desk channel. If you're facing some problems, you want to talk to a stranger uh, and just hear, hear a comfortable voice, that's there. And we have a... A section for, you know, if anyone knows a good pasta for my, my spaghetti tonight, we have that. It's that type of thing. What Adam is talking about is so right. Building a community, that's what's going on over there. It's over on the Patreon page. And uh, don't forget, to check out audible.com slash the Knapsack Files. Uh, I have that there as well. Free audiobook download and a 30-day trial if you say my name. For Adam, for me, for this sweet, sweet, dark stout beer that has puckered our lips. Woo! We'll see you guys next time here on the Knapsack Files.